Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. One of the things I think that makes the Paracast very different from a lot of other paranormal radio shows is we don't focus on one country. It's not just the U.S. Of course, my co-host Randall is from Calgary, Canada. We've had guests from around the world just last week, for example. We had Tino Pezzamenti from Australia. We've had guests from Brazil, U.K., Scotland. We try to cover around the world. New Zealand, I think, one time. And today we're going to Florence, Italy, because we're going to talk to Dr. Roberto Panati. And Dr. Panati is somebody who has been involved in chasing the flying saucers or UFOs for a long, 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 long time. And I'm going to ask you, Roberto, thank you, first of all, for joining us, because I know you're up real late to be able to be on this show. How did you first get involved in following the UFOs? Well, it's a long story. I was uh, a teenager in that period. But uh, since uh, I began to correspond in English with people uh, involved in the subject all over the world, I began to collect material and to send material from all over the world. Uh, then, in uh, 1967, I um, and a group of friends uh, founded the CUN, Centro Ufologico Nazionale, uh, which is uh, Italy's uh, uh, national center for UFO studies. And uh, since then, uh, we <laughs> went on studying, investigating, and uh, divulgating uh, data as far as possible in Italy. Uh, later, we began to be considered also by our authorities, uh, namely the Italian Air Force, the Italian government. And this uh, happened uh, particularly in uh, 1971, when uh, I had to, to face my military duty at that time, and uh, I was uh, an officer in uh, a NATO unit uh, uh, of the Italian uh, army, the 3rd Missile Brigade, and uh, in, uh, in that role I was asked by my um, command to organize uh, a, a lecture about uh, UFOs for the superior officers of our unit. I did this, it was uh, a success, and then when I returned to civilian life, I was considered by our military uh, like a sort of expert about this. When uh, certain events occurred in our country, we began to cooperate with our authorities. This is the story. And since then, uh, well, <laughs> the story is not yet over. <laughs> Obviously not yet over. Now, that's interesting here, too, because... Civilian UFO organizations in other parts of the world have a lot of difficulty cooperating with the authorities who want to put it down, but you're telling us that you were able to work with them. Presently, I must tell you that uh, after a tremendous UFO wave we had in uh, 1978 and 1979, this means more than 2,000 sightings only in Italy, uh, well, the Italian Department of Defense was charged to follow officially the UFO problem. And, uh, well, they are still doing this. 
the Italian Armed Forces involved in this uh, story, and uh, obviously they say they do not interpret the data, but they collect the data and uh, they consider them uh, unidentified. This is important. They have on file more or less 500 uh, cases. So it is not uh, few, a few cases after all. Consider that, uh, well, our organization, considering that we studied uh, all the Italian situation uh, during the last century, more or less, we had more than uh, 13,000 cases on file. But uh, the fact that there is uh, so big a difference between uh, uh, official data, the data of the uh, Italian force and our data, is uh, due to the fact that people do not like to, <laughs> to go to, to the authorities and tell their youth experiences. They prefer do this uh, with organizations like ours, or even uh, uh, simply uh, putting everything uh, on internet, you understand? Of course, we all wish back in the 70s and 80s, although it was being developed, that there was an internet that was so easy to come by. Now, in the course of your travels, you also began to work with Dr. J. Allen Hynek, someone I just knew very slightly in the 70s yeah. and early 80s. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, everything began in 1978 when uh, in Italy the incredible uh, UFO wave we had that year uh, started. In that period we received from the Italian Air Force a group of uh, official documents about uh, UFO sightings. And uh, since uh, uh, Joseph uh, Hall-Heinek was uh, in Italy in that period because uh, I, I wrote uh, the, the foreword to the Italian edition of his second book, the Heinek Youth Report, we met and uh, we began to cooperate. And uh, since uh, he considered our organization very serious, they asked us to represent in Italy the Center for UFO Studies, his UFO uh, organization. And this cooperation proved to be very useful because uh, we uh, had a lot of material from QFOS and we gave QFOS a lot of material from Italy. This was very, very positive. This shows that uh, international cooperation is vital in ufology. Unfortunately, we don't see as much of that as we should. Now, I'm going to ask in passing, we don't have to get into it in much detail. Have you had any encounters or contacts with MUFON from the U.S.? Yes, I also was a MUFON representative for some years, um, but not only. When I was much younger, I even was uh, uh, the APRO representative in Italy. You know that APRO was a pioneer organization in the United States. Uh, right. I had some contacts early on with the Lorenzans, not to mention, I just wasn't a friend of Coral Lorenzen, but I thought Jim Lorenzen was really a great guy. But yeah, you go back a while there with that. You mentioned MUFON. Have you heard about all the craziness that's going on now with them or not? Unfortunately, yes, I <laughs> I met their chief <laughs> no more than some months ago in Barcelona, where we were together representing, uh, of course, our countries. And frankly, I could not imagine what could have happened later. 
in any case, I think uh, Milfon um, was uh, really troubled by this, I understand. Well, there's a whole bunch of things, of course, we can talk about, which we're not going to do, because we don't want to get you involved in American UFO politics. But I'd rather focus on the cases that you've investigated, because I think we can really get a lot of information there and cover things that maybe the people back here in the United States and elsewhere haven't heard about. And one of which I wanted to get into, and we're going to get into, of course, your your two-volume book. Yeah. Of course, which is UFO Contacts in Italy, Volume 1 and 2. But you investigated something involving what we call the fascist UFO files because it's from World War II. And before, a UFO crash near Milan in 1933. And the reason we bring that up, of course, is that people here in the States, we think about Roswell, and sometimes a little too much about Roswell. But I wanted to ask you about that. Maybe you can give us a background so we can learn more about it. Roberto Panati is with us, and his books about UFO contacts in Italy, published by Philip Mantle's Flying Disc Press. we got more to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. When you have a pain in the neck, a real pain in the neck, back, shoulder, or legs, you now have two convenient choices to get fast relief without taking another pill. Because now, Sunny Bay heating wraps and pillows are available at both Amazon and Walmart. Yes, see Sunny Bay's four-and-a-half to five-star customer reviews on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Our made-in-the-USA microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra-large body wraps are designed better for perfect support where and when you need it. Even while driving, Sunny Bay Wraps will not burn and stay balanced to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to help treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part? Sunny Bay quality products start at under $20. Join thousands of happy customers and see why Sunny Bay products have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. It's easy. Click Amazon or Walmart and search today for Sunny Bay. 
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at ImmuneSupportNow.com. That's ImmuneSupportNow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We continue with Roberto Panati. Roberto, okay, let's go back in time. Before you were born, as a matter of fact, and before I was born, a UFO crash near Milan. Is that something, a crash like we look at Roswell as a UFO crash? Well, um, more or less is something very similar, but it's also different. You see, the story is that in 1996, someone uh, sent to our center a group of documents They were original documents, not photocopies or copies. Well, these documents were extremely strange because uh, they had to do with the the Tirtis. In other words, they were about uh, purported UFO sightings in the Tirtis. And at that time in Italy, uh, of course, we had uh, the fascist dictatorship. In the Italian government uh, was headed by Mussolini, of course. And uh, it seems that in that period, really, a study group was created by Mussolini since uh, the sightings of what today we call UFOs were reported also in that period, and Mussolini thought that uh, they were just uh, some secret weapon of another European country, England, France, or Germany. 
And so a study group named the Cabinet RS33, where RS stands for Ricerche Speciali, Special Research, and 33 is just the year in which it was created, started. Some scientists were involved at that time, and the head of this study group was uh, uh, Guglielmo Marconi, uh, you know, uh, the inventor, and uh, at that time also the president of the Royal uh, Science Academy of Italy. They studied the reports of that period, and uh, uh, of course our prime problem was to verify if these documents sent by what seemed to be the nephew of a component of this cabinet were true or not, were uh, original or not. They did this, they gave uh, all this material to uh, forensic experts in order to verify if these documents were authentic or not. And they were, really. Of course, uh, some skeptics say that they are not uh, um, historical documents. And maybe they could be right in the sense that uh, there are no traces of uh, something like this in uh, historical documents. But if you can verify uh, that UFO reports were written in the 30s, in Italian, in uh, reports uh, uh, reported in that particular years, of course, you can't ignore this, you understand. So uh, what uh, we did is just to check as far as possible some of these reports. In particular, a very important one was a report dated August 1936, in which um, a cigar-shaped object followed by two uh, Saturn-shaped minor objects, a sort of uh, mothership and uh, flying saucers, in other words, was seen uh, over uh, Venice and Mestre on the North Adriatic coast. These objects were um, followed by some Italian planes, but of course they could not reach them. This report was considered extremely important and we checked the original documents and we could find that they were really 1936 reports. Of course, I think that's enough since you know that, for instance, cigar-shaped UFOs were often seen during the 50s, the 60s and the 70s. And so this fits perfectly with this report of the fascist era. You understand that all this may in part re rewrite the history of ufology. But don't be so... Um, to 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 um, um, you see this this story is not uh, not particularly strange because recently for instance a french researcher uh, jean gabriel greslet obtained some documents uh, through the freedom of information act in uh, the united states and in a couple of different letters there are traces of uh, um, a very, very curious uh, um, um, event linked to the so-called Los Angeles uh, battle. You know, the 1942 event 
which uh, was called the Battle of Los Angeles, you know. Uh, in fact, in these uh, two documents uh, Jean-Gabriel Gresley obtained, uh, there is uh, the um, indication that uh, after the Battle of Los Angeles, two crafts were downed and recovered by the military in uh, California. And uh, there is also another letter in which uh, General Marshall uh, says that... Uh, the, these objects, these crafts, seems absolutely mm, nothing normal, and ask President, uh, um, the President of the United States to create a study group for this. Then there is um, a letter from Franklin Delano Roosevelt, just a few weeks before its death, in which he uh, mentions uh, um, briefly um, the incredible marvels from uh, uh, the objects obtained in that occasion and says that any study about all this uh, was to be postponed after the war was won against uh, Germany and Japan. In other words, uh, uh, UFO crash seems to be much beyond Roswell. You see, uh, the Battle of Los Angeles in 1942, and uh, as far as we know, even in Italy in 1933. So, um, probably, um, you see, um, the, the top secret documents, uh, uh, we are just beginning to, uh, to, to, to read today, are more than we think. That's really interesting. Uh, what this is what uh, just for our listeners here. This is what you often refer to, or you see referred to when you're out surfing around on the internet as the fascist UFO files, right? Yeah. And uh, from what I can tell, these were originally delivered in the mid '90s to you uh, and author Robert. Yeah, author Roberto Panati and. They were sent on stationery bearing the seal of the Kingdom's Senate and Agenda Stefani, uh, which was the regime's news agency in charge of disseminating fascist propaganda. Let's do a break here and we'll get back with Roberto Panati and Gina Randall. You're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. 
Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is telling residents to be careful. Especially in the Corpus Christi, Nueces County area, you can expect storm surges of up to four to six feet. He also says the storm is passing through some of the areas that are spiking with COVID-19 cases. To everybody in the state of Texas, that just because a hurricane comes to the state, does not mean that COVID-19 disappears. In the Pacific, the Hawaiian Islands are being threatened by Hurricane Douglas. Forecasters say it's either going to be a Category 1 hurricane or possibly a tropical storm. Governor David Ige. It is a powerful storm uh, that is um, forecasted to uh, affect the islands significantly. This is USA Radio News. A legendary TV host has passed away. USA Radio Network's Chris Barnes has the details. Regis Philbin has died at the age of 88 after suffering a heart attack. Philbin began as a TV host back in the early 60s, but he's most known for his work on Live with Regis and Kathy Lee, which paired him with Kathy Lee Gifford for years, and later on, Live with Regis and Kelly, where he was paired with Kelly Ripa. Philbin left that show in 2011, and in a 2017 interview with Larry King, he said it was simply time to go. I was leaving because I was getting older and that wasn't right for me anymore. Philbin passed early Sunday morning at his longtime home in Manhattan. For USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. Also, one of the co-founders of Fleetwood Mac, Peter Green, has passed away. His family said he died peacefully in his sleep. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1998 with the rest of the band. He was 73 years old. You're listening to USA Radio News. We have all seen and perhaps used the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you ever noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? With bacteria and virus problems, sanitizers and hand washing are the first line of defense against infectious disease. GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements as set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration as a first aid antiseptic. When it comes to sanitizers, it only makes sense that it lasts till the next application and doesn't dry and crack your skin, inviting infection. For long-lasting alcohol-free sanitizing, come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial. That's GCNteam.com, antibacterial, or call 877-878-4203. 877-878-4203. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. This is very briefly talking with Roberto. Randall's kind of recounting the... What he has seen about the fascist UFO files, so-called. Go ahead, please. Right. So, I mean, if this these came out of the propaganda wing of the news agency, 
how do we know they're real sightings and not just some kind of propaganda? You see, uh, the documents simply show that everything was secret and uh, there were um, penalties for uh, whoever may have revealed anything of this story. Um, even uh, other um, authors, um, like Timothy Good and others, uh, were involved in uh, our research. And uh, their opinion, of course, was that uh, the documents uh, of the fascist era simply show that uh, really the events occurred. And as I told you, all this was verified by the forensic analysis on the documents. Uh, besides, uh, we found later also many telegrams sent by the prefects of the Kingdom of Italy to the chief of the government, that is Mussolini, exactly about uh, the subject of uh, uh, identified uh, objects uh, in uh, Italy's uh, skies in that period. This means that uh, there was a direct and definite uh, attitude uh, to analyze and to uh, consider this phenomenon. Fascinating. And, uh, of course, they also talk about this top-secret cabinet led by Marconi and some of Italy's most prominent astronomers and scientists and aeronautical engineers. So uh, were you able to verify any more of this or dig up any other related information after you uh, learned of these secret uh, organizations? Well, uh, as far as we know, uh, the fascist uh, group, the, the fascist study group, uh, devoted these studies to a sort of uh, uh, reverse engineering studies. In other words, uh, they tried to copy as far as possible uh, the, the, the crash-landed object. Uh, we don't know at what an extent this object was uh, damaged or not. There's a connection here, it looks like, to the uh, to Nazi Germany, where uh, they shipped off some of these files to uh, uh, Nazi Germany. And so do you think that maybe that's where we get some of the um, UFO lore about the, uh, you know, the Nazi bell and and uh, UFO research in Germany during World War Two? Yes, of, co of course, all this uh, was surely connected since uh, the Italians began to study uh, the subject in the 30s. But after the, the war began also for Italy, that is in 1940, all these studies, uh, at a certain extent, were, were uh, sent also to Nazi Germany. So, uh, probably, uh, could uh, also affect the, the research of uh, the Nazis uh, towards uh, new uh, aerial weapons, uh, for instance, like uh, the so-called V-7. The V-7 was uh, a strange aerial object, round, uh, and uh, according to Hermann Hobart, uh, one of the father of rocketry, uh, well, uh, it was... Uh, built in only one uh, a test uh, exemplar, and uh, it uh, could uh, have a test flight near Vienna immediately before to be destroyed, not to be uh, captured by the Allies, you understand. But uh, surely the Nazis inherited the, the Italian studies. 
Very interesting. So I wonder if, do you think it's possible then that after the war, when the scientists from Germany were captured and came to the United States, that maybe they actually started a secret UFO program there? Well, we can't exclude this. Uh, what we have to to check is uh, to what an extent uh, they could know certain things or not. Um, you see, for instance, uh, um, people like uh, um, a German engineer, Mitte, uh, and uh, an Italian engineer, Belluzzo, well, they um, tried to, to build an, uh, a real flying saucer at the end of the Second World War. We have, uh, uh, well, uh, just uh, on the paper, but nobody built it. And of course, uh, this cannot be a coincidence. It is evident that the studies uh, of the Italians and of the Germans in that period uh, were uh, oriented to have a sort of uh, uh, reverse engineering and uh, uh, they tried to build a new kind of uh, aerial vehicles, you see. Did they have any success, do you think? Do you, do you think that no, Atheism ever think, really flew? I, I don't think, absolutely, because, uh, of course, nothing of this happened in Italy, but also in Germany. You know that the Germans, uh, uh, well, you know the story of the so-called uh, the bell, well, was a strange uh, craft they built, but nobody <laughs> really uh, knows anything more about this. Mm, so it's hard to to verify uh, if uh, these stories are just stories or reality. What is interesting in any case is that uh, more recently uh, from the United States, uh, William Brophy Jr., uh, the son of uh, William Brophy, uh, who was uh, a um, lieutenant um, colonel uh, pilot of the United States Air Force involved in uh, secret UFO research uh, came to Italy uh, to give us more information. He said that his dad has told him that after the war um, important uh, material about UFOs was taken to the United States from northern Italy. And if it is so, you understand that this fits perfectly to what we know about uh, the uh, UFO crash in Italy in 1933. Uh, so, uh, as far as we can say, probably uh, the United States uh, um, collected all they could about UFO crashes everywhere in the United States and also uh, out of the United States. Indeed. I wonder if the Roswell crash could be related to this crash that you're talking about. Now, can you elaborate on this early crash that that happened uh, in Italy? Well, you see, mm, normally, as far as we know, well, uh, the Roswell crash had to do with the small ent entities, you know. Um, well, they were humanoid entities, but not perfectly human in the, the real sense of the word. If uh, the story William Brophy um, confirmed us is true, uh, on the contrary, in uh, the 1933 crash in Italy, uh, two bodies were recovered with debris. 
and the, the two bodies were uh, well they were the, the bodies of uh, 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 people not too different from humans they were blonde they were um, will what we may call the Nordic type uh, aliens <laughs> today. And uh, uh, of course, this could be the reason um, which caused Mussolini to consider the fact that uh, uh, this object was just a German secret weapon. You know, I want to get into more of that when we get to our next segment, because... There have been a number of studies here indicating that some of the early UFO cases, more particularly in the U.S., and I don't claim to know about those in Europe very much, could have been secret weapons, and maybe we were playing around with stuff recruited from recovered Nazi hardware. Roberto Panati joins us. He's written books about UFO contacts in Italy, we got more to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the forecast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com that's silverlungs.com hi i'm dan pilla i started fighting the irs over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house i sued the irs and won i beat the irs then and i've been beating them ever since i wrote the book on tax debt settlement and i've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved i can help you too if you owe taxes you can't pay don't wait another day there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. 
Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Roberto Panati talking to us from Italy and very gracious to stay up really, really late, much past my bedtime because we got him on after midnight, his time, and we're glad that he's more alert than I ever would be even during the day. Randall, let's push this further. you got some comments to make before we continue with this description. Well, I, I kind of find the parallels to Roswell quite fascinating, quite interesting, actually. Um, so this craft came down somewhere near Milan, Italy, and is there any details about who found it first, if there was any pieces picked up or de- debris, materials? And where was this craft taken? Well, as far as we know, the debris were taken in the hangars of uh, a, a local, an Italian, important uh, um, industry, uh, that is C.I. Marchetti. Uh, and... Uh, Consider that uh, the people involved uh, in uh, this uh, top secret uh, studies uh, were obviously uh, Benito Mussolini, the chief of the Italian government at that time, Galeazzo Ciano, who was the f- minister for foreign affairs, and also uh, Italo Balbo, who was uh, the head of the Italian Air, Air Force at that time, the Royal Air Force of, of that time. So, in other words, uh, only the chiefs of uh, the Italian governments were aware of this, with all the experts they involved in the uh, research, starting with uh, Marconi, but uh, there are many names of uh, other uh, astronomers, uh, engineers, uh, and so on. Have you been able to follow the history of it at all to see what has happened to it? Like with Roswell, there's the uh, sort of the mythology or legend of, the, of Hangar 18. 
uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, where they did reverse engineering as well. There's uh, officers that say they saw materials being taken there, loaded onto planes. Is there any kind of evidence or stories like that where people have actually seen this craft stored in the hangar? Well, of course, uh, there are uh, witnesses uh, involved, but uh, you see that uh, a long time elapsed, so it's hard to be totally sure that what we may read in the, go- the documents is exactly what happened. Apart from this, in any case, uh, William Brophy reported also a very interesting story. Um, this story was mentioned uh, by Leonard Stringfield in the United States. A French uh, doctor, Leon Viss, uh, was asked by the United States Air Force to verify um, the nature of uh, ice stones. Uh, um, ice are, uh, well, in a biological sense, uh, are material linked to the cells of a body. No? And uh, um, when uh, these uh, samples of ice were given to Dr. Viss to be examined, they said, uh, but what are they? And uh, the United States Air Force uh, people who gave uh, uh, him uh, these cells said, okay, they are human cells, you have just to verify them. And he verified these ice stones and said they cannot be uh, human because uh, they seem human, but they are different, so there is something wrong. And they said, no, no, <laughs> everything is correct. No, no, absolutely, this is wrong. In other words, at last, this uh, uh, said to his uh, uh, United States Air Force uh, man who, who had taken him this material, that uh, he would have liked to see from where uh, these samples had been taken. And so they showed him two bodies, two bodies uh, uh, in a formal line uh, bath in other words, and uh, this in Wright-Patterson, eh, to be, to be um, more, more detailed. And uh, he saw these uh, two uh, Nordic-type corpses in this. So, in other words, uh, if uh, all the story is true, the in Italian UFO crash in 1933 uh, had not to do with... Uh, small humanoid uh, entities like in the Roswell cases but uh, blonde uh, and uh, uh, Nordic type uh, pilots. Uh, Interesting. Okay. okay, so we've got the grey type, you know, the small ones with the big almond eyes and, and then we've got the Nordic types and we've heard repeated cases over the years of those two different types. Now, do you think that they work together or are they in conflict with each other? And, and why do these ships seem to crash? Well, uh, what I may tell you is uh, simply linked to a well-known American case, that is the Travis Walton abduction case. Consider that Travis uh, was uh, formally uh, abducted, and, uh, well, uh, you know the story. He uh, says that... Uh, in the craft in which he was taken, he had to do not only with small grey-like entities, but also with uh, blonde uh, Nordic-type uh, uh, humans. 
and uh, this, Nor this Nordic type humans uh, at last uh, fred him. You, you know, today, you know, um, Travis uh, does no longer consider himself an abductee in the normal sense of the word. They, um, he, he says that probably they seem, the, the aliens simply recovered him and uh, um, since he had, uh, had a sort of uh, um, an effect, uh, he almost uh, touch, touched the, the craft, you know the story. And so, uh, well, uh, it was like he was uh, uh, hit by a sort of, of uh, uh, lighting, you know. And so uh, he, today he says that uh, they simply took him inside to uh, help him to recover. Uh, and uh, so he does not consider uh, his case an uh, abduction in the real sense of the word. So the fact that uh, the Nordic, uh, the Nordics and uh, the, um, the Grace were together in the case of the Travis Walton uh, saucer, uh, well, uh, maybe could be also extended by uh, the Italian case, but as far as we know, um, only the, the Nordic had to do with uh, the 1933 um, crash landing. Yeah. Now, you're also the founder of the National UFO Center in Italy. And is that organization still in effect? And can you tell us a little bit about how you got started with the center and some of the cases you've covered with it? No, well, uh, our organization, as, uh, as you say, started in 1967 and is still active. Presently is one of the five oldest youth organizations in the world still active. Uh, we, we publish the magazine. We are often in Italian TV. Uh, we are we have good relationships with uh, uh, authorities in um, the sense of uh, our government, but also in the sense of uh, um, the media, uh, and also even with science, because we always try to face uh, uh, the reality of UFO cases. And, uh, well, um, it's hard to deny what we investigate and what we uh, try to divulge. Uh, so we are in a good position from this point of view. After all, our existence is more than 53 years, so it's not too bad. Um, presently, I should say that uh, um, we did another good thing, after all. Uh, starting in uh, 1993, uh, every year, we have the World UFO Symposium in the Republic of San Marino. San Marino is a small state, the oldest republic in the world, founded in the third century after Christ, you know. And uh, uh, it's a, a good uh, site to organize uh, a similar event. Their government uh, was very... Um, very open to this idea. So since then, we began to, to, to have this uh, uh, yearly uh, Congress. Presently, uh, we are preparing 
online, of course, since this year is impossible. We've got more to come. We've got more to come with Roberto Panati. And we're on with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attention homeowners that have ever had a broken appliance. (laughs) That's a joke, right? We've all had broken appliances. I own a home just like you and have found a way for as little as a dollar a day to have all the major appliances in my home on a warranty plan. They're guaranteed to be fixed or replaced. You know how expensive an air conditioner, the heating system, a washing machine, dryer, water heater, or refrigerator can be. For about a dollar a day, all your major appliances are protected in case they break. Unless you're uh, Daddy Warbucks or the Monopoly guy and you don't care about money, call my friends at the Home Service Club now and get a warranty on your major appliances. It's a free call and the first month is free. But be one of the first 25 people to call within the next 10 minutes. 800 825 And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Roberto, sorry I had to interrupt you for a brief piece of business. Why don't you continue where you left off here? We started in 1993, the World UFO Congress in San Marino, with the the cooperation of the government of the Republic of San Marino. San Marino is a a small republic in Italy. Uh, Well, they are the the oldest republic in the world, founded in the third century after Christ, you know. And they were uh, extremely open to the idea of organizing such a congress in their country. So since then, uh, we we went on, and today we are going to present the 29th edition of this congress. Of course, this year is quite different. There is coronavirus. It's impossible to have a normal congress. So we are preparing an online congress with uh, 12 uh, speakers, 
but in English and in Italian, uh, we are going to, to put it everything online. And uh, I see that uh, the general public uh, is uh, extremely interested, even if, uh, unfortunately, presently we have the coronavirus uh, pandemic. And uh, apparently you'll also be speaking at the International UFO Congress, which will be live streamed this September. So you're really uh, quite thick into the field of ufology and still very active. Yes, we try to do our best. You know that, uh, well, <laughs> in ufology, you <laughs> do not gain anything. <laughs> so there is not, you, you, your only mission is to inform the public, to study, to investigate. There is nothing else to do presently. If you are sufficiently lucky, probably, well, uh, sometimes it's possible to cooperate even with authorities. Not always, of course. <laughs> now, in your bio there uh, on these um, conferences, it says uh, a few interesting things. And we just talked about uh, the National UFO Center in Italy and the Republic of San Marino World UFO Symposia. Another thing it mentions is that you've been involved with the Italian Air Force. Did you have any uh, engagement with the subject of UFOs while in the Air Force? Or is this just part of your overall experience? Well, uh, you see, since in 1971 and 72, I was an officer in the Italian army and uh, I had my military duty in that period in uh, a particular unit of uh, the Italian army of that period a NATO unit with uh, atomic weapons at that time. I was requested to present uh, a, a lecture to the superior officers of our unit since they um, had verified that I was interested in the subject. I did this. It was a good, uh, it had a good result. And uh, since then, uh, I was considered a sort of expert, uh, even by the military in Italy. Uh, so I also wrote regularly articles about UFOs for Revista Aeronautica. Revista Aeronautica is the official magazine of the Italian Air Force. Sometimes they discussed with us certain cases. Uh, so uh, you understand, there is not a rule. Uh, this may happen and may not happen. But I can say that, uh, after all, the um, relationships between, between our center and uh, Italian military authorities are rather good, after all. Of course, everybody is, is doing his own work. And, uh, of course, <laughs> you know that the military often are very, very attempt to, to what they say. So they, they say just a little of what they can say, of course. Right. Have they released any of the files there in Italy or like they have in other countries? Yes, yes. They, they release the cases in the sense that they do not judge the cases. They simply say, OK, this is this event. The data we collected do not fit with any kind of uh, normal explanation. So this case, this case is to be considered unidentified and they say nothing else. Very interesting. You were also involved with uh, Guy Pan, the uh, yeah, Unidentified sometimes. Aerospace sometimes. Phenomena Research yeah, and Information sometimes. Group. 
in consider, France. Consider, for instance, that in 1978, um, I and the colonel of the Italian army investigated a close encounter of the third kind event in Italy, um, a landing uh, of one of these objects uh, with the two occupants. And uh, frankly, it was very important because uh, uh, there were traces. Uh, we could take samples. We can have these samples analyzed. And everything could fit with the reality of what the witness uh, had told us. This uh, is a uh, Roberto? Cases. R Roberto, can you tell us about that case then? Can you sort of describe what happened yeah. from the uh, witness's point of view and walk us through that case? Yeah. Uh, it happened in September 1978 in Torrita di Siena. It's a small um, site not far from the city of Siena in Tuscany. In that occasion, um, a barber was uh, visiting uh, his mother, his old mother, and uh, found her very, very, um, uh, I could say, um, excited, since uh, uh, she said that uh, something hap had happened, that uh, a neighbor had told her that uh, they had seen something in the skies, that uh, uh, the TV did, was not working, and so on. Okay, uh, this guy um, said uh, to his mother just to go to bed, because it was uh, late and so on, and left her. He took his car and uh, was going to leave. But uh, suddenly he found uh, a, a flying saucer with a dome um, uh, exactly in front of his car. And uh, everything, uh, of course, uh, um, ceased to work aboard the car. He remained motionless and very, very... Uh, well, in terror to see what was going to happen, the superior part of this dome opened and two small entities um, came out and uh, um, observed the car and uh, him inside, of course. Then they re-entered the, the, the dome, the dome closed again, and uh, the object uh, speeded up uh, uh, towards the sky. But um, uh, traces uh, on the ground remained, of course. So later, uh, when we investigated the case on the spot, we could uh, take a sample and have them analyzed. And they were analyzed by Euratom. Uh, Euratom is the atomic lab of the European Union, so it's not too bad after all. And the data we obtained were completely in line with what the um, witness had told us. Uh, three traces, uh, dif three different traces, and uh, so everything is, was uh, in line with this, you see. But I want to ask you a question, Roberto, about the traces. Was anything about them indicative of something that was not of Earth? Well, uh, of course, uh, the event as such, the description of the uh, occupants, uh, the kind of propulsion, and uh, the complete uh, um, series of the event uh, 
um, obviously showed that uh, this uh, case has nothing to do with what we may um, consider normal or uh, um, leading us to consider this a sort of hurtly uh, uh, um, um, craft or event. There is something absolutely different. So, uh, well, frankly, uh, the extraterrestrial hypothesis uh, uh, is the only, uh, I think, explanation for uh, an event like this. Let's talk more about this, Roberto, in our next segment. More to come with Gene and Randall and Roberto. You're in the Paracast. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you have diabetes and you're on Medicare, Medicaid, or have private insurance, you may qualify for a new continuous glucose monitor. Managing your diabetes is crucial to your health. The new CGM can automatically and easily help you manage your diabetes more effectively. And by using a CGM, you can eliminate the one thing most people with diabetes dislike the most, finger sticks. Now you can automatically manage your diabetes and end the painful finger sticks. Solara Medical Supplies makes it simple for you to have a new CGM. We'll do all the insurance paperwork for you and deliver the newest in diabetic care technology right to your door. Take charge of your diabetes today with the help of a new continuous glucose monitor. Call now to learn more. 800-547-5331. That's 800-547-5331. Turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is mommy's jam. <laughs> then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. 
You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code George for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual, and this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word George and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Roberto, let me clarify the question. I was interested in trace evidence. Was anything about the trace evidence indicative of an alien origin or is it everything else about it well the traces uh, were considered also from the standpoint of um, the effect on the ground and uh, it was proved that uh, the soil had been um, submitted to a temperature of uh, 600 700 degrees for just a few seconds exactly in line with what the witness had said, because he said that uh, the object had suddenly zoomed up towards uh, the sky in three columns of light. And in fact, on the, on the soil, we have uh, three different uh, kind of uh, uh, spots. It seems like uh, it was uh, uh, burned terrain, you know. But this could be checked and seen exactly like the, the, the witness has said. So the point is here is that evidently there's nothing else that could have possibly produced that kind of effect other than what was described? No, absolutely. Uh, consider that even the Italian military excluded this. Nothing, nothing normal could be could explain uh, uh, what happened in that case. This is a big question, an overarching question I wanted to ask you because of what we were talking about briefly before. The possibility that some, especially the early sightings, may have been caused by test aircraft of some kind. Of course, we've got all, those, rocket, we got all those rocket scientists who came to the U.S. and came to Russia after World War II. So do we see some mixture involved there, things that really were conventional, not possibly alien? Not in this case. This is a completely alien case. I understand that. I'm thinking in terms of other cases because we started talking about before World War II with that Milan UFO crash and everything, whether any of those cases extending from before World War II through the period after World War II may have actually been conventional. Well, if we try to make some kind of comparisons between all these cases, for instance, the first thing I could say that 
for instance, in the 1933 case near Milan, we had two occupants. And even in this case, we have two occupants, even if they are quite different, you understand. It seems that there are some rules, some common rules in these events, as far as we can say. That's a really interesting story. Uh, we should also look at a couple of other cases as well. Uh, continuing on this list, just before that, uh, for your bio, it says that you were also involved in the England House of Lords UFO study group. Now, I've never heard of this group. Can you tell us a bit about what that group is and what your involvement was? Well, maybe you may remember that in 1978, the Earl of Clancarty. Uh, was the author of a historical UFO debate in the House of Lords. It lasted a couple of days, and uh, uh, it uh, was very impressive in uh, the European press. It was a very historical uh, event at that time. This uh, was uh, at the origin of the creation inside the House of Lords of a UFO study group headed by the Earl of Clancarty. And they began to invite some experts to speak about certain aspects of UFO events. The first to speak to the House of Lords was in 1979, the Spanish UFO researcher Antonio Rivera. And the second was me, because they invited me to speak about the incredible Italian UFO wave of 1978 and 1979. And I did so. It was very impressive and very interesting, since uh, to be able to speak uh, to the House of Lords, well, <laughs> was very interesting, really. They were very interested, of course, of what uh, I told them, and uh, they continued to to go on with their activity for some, I think, three or, or four years, up to the, to the death of Lord Clancarty. After Lord Clancarty died, uh, well, this group uh, disbanded inside the House of Lords. Uh, so what was it that your group actually did with, uh, in connection with that group? Well, no, they, they do no longer exist at present, you understand. As I told you, after the death of uh, Lord Clancarty, this group right. disbanded. And um, you see that uh, the British government uh, had uh, his own policy about UFOs. Nick Pope was uh, the official speaker for the um, British government about UFOs, you know the story. Now, the Earl was commonly known as Brinsley Lepore Trench, correct? Yes, exactly. Lord okay. Clancarty was really Brinsley Lepore Trench. That's correct. And he had written some early books about ancient astronauts, as I recall. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Brinsley was a very, well, he was also, for a certain period of time, the editor of Flying Saucer Review in London, uh, which is the oldest UFO publication in the world. <laughs> it was founded in 1955, as far as I know. And uh, he wrote many books about uh, UFOs, really. I wanted to basically bring everyone up to date I, for several years, and it wasn't a cheap magazine to subscribe to. 
I did subscribe to the Flying Saucer Review. It was not a thick magazine, but it was very, very well printed. Printed on very high-quality paper, really, really expensive to produce. Yes, the content was the most important thing, yes. Boy, that takes Uh, us back so many years. Randall, you were saying? Yeah, uh, the final uh, thing that it says uh, in your bio for the International UFO Congress is that you've been involved in SETI. Now, uh, have you been actively involved in SETI or in what capacity? Yes. Yeah, tell us about that. Uh, as as I told you, I also uh, operated uh, uh, in uh, Italian media, and uh, uh, I was uh, an aerospace journalist. And uh, uh, I had the opportunity, also as a sociologist, uh, to present uh, two papers, and they were both accepted by SETI, and they were officially uh, presented in the um, International uh, Astronautical Federation Congresses in 1987 and 88 um, in uh, Brighton in 1987 and in Bangalore, India in 1988. Um, well, the, the subject was... Uh, Let's forget for one moment uh, all the the technical aspects of SETI and try to answer to a question. Let's do our break here and then we'll answer that question, or at least ask the question about SETI. Roberto Panati and Gene Randall, you're in. The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Two hurricanes are headed for the United States, one in Texas and one in Hawaii. Preparations are underway in the Lone Star State as Hurricane Hannah heads towards the coast. Dangerous storm surges are now pounding the coastline. Up to a foot of rainfall can be expected from the Category 1 storm. In the Pacific, the Hawaiian Islands are being threatened by Hurricane Douglas. It's expected to make landfall sometime early Sunday morning on the island of Maui. Forecasters say it's either going to be a Category 1 hurricane or possibly a tropical storm. Governor David Ige. 
It is a powerful storm uh, that is um, forecasted to uh, affect the islands significantly. Hurricane Douglas was initially classified as a Category 3 hurricane. This is USA Radio News. An iconic TV host has passed away. USA Radio's John Hunt has the story. We have no idea where we're going, who we are, where we've been. Regis, one of us. Regis Philbin, a legendary television host best known for the morning show Live with Regis and Kathy Lee and the widely popular game show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, has died. He was 88. His family said, we are grateful for the time we got to spend with him for his warmth, his legendary sense of humor, and his singular ability to make every day into something worth talking about. And on Instagram, Kelly Ripa, Regis's longtime daytime co-host, responded by saying, we are beyond saddened to learn about the loss of Regis Philbin. We send our deepest love and condolences to his family and hope they can find some comfort knowing he left the world a better place. Philbin held the Guinness World Record for most hours on camera on U.S. television with more than 16,700 hours over the course of his career. For USA Radio News, I'm John Hunt. You're listening to USA Radio News. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's a clip from the Rachel Ray Show testing the results of Instantly Ageless. Board certified dermatologist, Dr. Whitney Bow. If you're looking to try to turn back the clock on a budget, you know, in the privacy of your own home, but actually there's some recent technologies emerging, almost like changes the behavior of the skin right. while it sits on the skin. She went off to try a product called Instantly ageless. Yeah. Instantly, you could see a difference. Even the cameraman were like, wow, look at the difference. Yeah. I mean, but I would definitely use this product. This product, within minutes of applying it, it was actually a very dramatic rejuvenation. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. This is Be the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Exactly according to my plan. Okay, SETI, Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, correct? Exactly. And as I told you, uh, the papers uh, I produced for SETI were about a definite uh, question. What have we to do when uh, we uh, <laughs> will have the opportunity to have the contact. In other words, uh, my first uh, paper was uh, entitled uh, SETI, Releasing the News. Because the problem is, uh, how will people react to the news that we are not alone in the universe? That uh, man is not the center of the universe and all the other things? This is important. As a sociologist, I try to answer to these uh, questions, you understand. Frankly, I think they are very, very important uh, questions. So those papers sound very interesting, and I agree, those are important questions. What did kind of conclusions did you come from when uh, writing those papers? Can you give us an idea of what you think the ramifications would be of uh, disclosing alien visitation to the world. Well, in uh, 1987, in my first uh, paper, I suggested uh, that uh, uh, SETI scientists could be 
the best people uh, chosen to uh, educate uh, the world about uh, the perspective that we are not alone and so on. Mm, frankly, I noticed, uh, on the other hand, that uh, it is not so easy to have this role, because after all, you should consider that even SETI scientists are a little afraid um, to be too, um, to be considered um, too open to the idea that really we are not alone in the universe and so on. Because surely you understand that this perspective puts man down from his throne in the center of the universe. And this is a big problem. And there are a lot of questions from a religious point of view, from uh, an economical point of view, uh, even from the, the standpoint of the fans and so on. So, um, really, uh, what uh, the SETI scientists say is that uh, when and if we will have really uh, the contact, uh, the problem will be to tell the world this. In fact, they created the, the so-called SETI post-detection protocol, uh, which uh, faces this problem. And uh, if you consider it well, well, you will discover that uh, the normal people will be the last to know, because before telling to the general people uh, how things are, a lot of uh, group of different nature will have to be informed, to discuss, to, to see and to say how and uh, when to say certain things and so on. In other words, uh, um, well, authorities are afraid of not to be able to um, control the possible negative reactions of the general public. That makes sense. So you uh, submitted these papers to a SETI group. Now, there are a number of SETI groups and in the world, uh, the most famous of which is the SETI Institute, uh, which is home to the Carl Sagan Center. Uh, did they receive a copy of your papers? Well, no, they choose my papers. They were officially read. They are academic uh, papers. And they were presented officially in 1987 in the um, International Astronautical Federation Congress and the second one in 1988 in Bangalore, India, in the same uh, scheme, in the same uh, Congress the, the year later. Very interesting. I am the only author, uh, from the standpoint of ufology, who had the opportunity to publish academic papers about this subject. Have you had a chance to discuss it with some of the other SETI scientists? And how of well course, was it received? But, uh, yes, of course. But the problem is that they are a little afraid of possible ne negative impact of the normal, their normal colleagues, you understand? Don't forget that the science, well, is, was never free. Uh, science is linked, of course, to economy, to universities, to politics, to power. And so, frankly, it's hard to find 
a scientist who maybe see who may who may uh, say that he's really free you understand oh yes definitely which is why i was asking about it because of course uh, um the the late stanton friedman he used to refer to seti as silly effort to investigate and he really didn't like seti very much uh i actually think it's a very worthwhile effort uh but you're right there is that um maybe a bit of academic elitism going on with seti where they don't seem to recognize that alien visitation is a reality they're already here and so it, there would be a resistance to people who consider themselves to be ufologists. So I was just wondering about your experience with that. Yeah, uh, you should consider that uh, I met uh, um, Professor Frank Drake and uh, we invited him in San Marino too. And uh, he um, told me openly that, you see, you are... Uh, nice guys and you face uh, these subjects uh, from a correct standpoint but uh, consider that if the world knew that <laughs> i am uh, here for your congress probably no funds will be given us from the scientific world because uh, really uh, you see the ufo problem and uh, as we know it uh, well, it's very far from the SETI environment. Most of SETI scientists do not like uh, to speak about UFOs because they consider that this subject may sort may be a sort of ridicule for their activity. You understand? Absolutely, and so it's very interesting that you've you've made this effort to introduce ufology into SETI in a more academic sense. And in your view as a professional sociologist, how might we best fit ufology into the academic system? Hmm. It's, it's very hard. Uh, the only thing to do is to develop everything from the standpoint of science and to select uh, a number of uh, data uh, in order to uh, let uh, uh, the scientific world understand that this is at least a serious problem. But uh, you understand that uh, science has to do, as I told you before, with uh, politics, with defense, and so it's not completely free. This is the problem. Mm, I think maybe um, if, if I could uh, elaborate a little bit there, there is the scientific side and although sociology can be considered a science part of the social sciences i think it's a little more free and a large part of ufology is the social side the cultural aspect the beliefs the way that that our view of alien visitation has spread through our culture do you think that that could be something that we could study academically with less ridicule? Well, uh, frankly, I think that uh, inside the SETI community, of course, there are mm, people extremely um, attempt to a correct way of behaving in this sense. Let's do our break here. We've got more to come. 
Yeah. With Gene and Randall and Roberto, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product, Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal Hair Care System is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hey, y'all. Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know, because my grandfather was a firefighter. And one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires, which means... Always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire.
And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So for the love of the outdoors, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Fascinating discussion with Roberto Panati, who's been running around the UFO field for many, many years, has been around the world, and has an amazing focus, and we're talking here about SETI, but Casually speaking, when I think of SETI, we can go back to some of the other items you were talking about, Roberto. I think of the fact that we're looking for evidence of intelligence, signals from outer space. But how would we even begin to know or contemplate what kind of communication systems they're using or be able to decode what they're doing? It's not easy. You should consider, for instance, that... The SETI world banned the possibility to send signals in space due to the fact that they uh, feared the possibility that negative aliens may discover our uh, civilization and may come here to destroy us. This is exactly what they said. And they said that what we have to do is just to hear, to try to detect signals, but not we, we, do not, we do not have to transmit. Only recently, this concept was violated by Russian SETI scientists. And uh, they began to have METI, uh, messaging extraterrestrial intelligence. But only in the last uh, few years. For years and years, we transmitted nothing towards aliens. Right, but then the other assumption is, the signal that we receive may have been sent five years ago, a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago. How would you even have a conversation with them? It's not as if we've perfected subspace radio like Star Trek. So you get a signal from another planet that's a hundred light years away. So it takes maybe a hundred years to get here. Then you send a signal back. It takes another hundred years. We don't even know if the same civilization exists anymore. If you want to have a back-and-forth conversation, it's going to take thousands of years. So how do you do it? The logic kind of bothers me here. I completely agree. Of course, this is not the best way to have a sort of contact or conversation. SETI is only able, in the best case, to let us, to let us understand that someone is sending signals and so that we are not alone in the universe. But that's all. Probably it's hopeless to, to hope, to, to, to think that it's possible to have a sort of discussion uh, through SETI means. One of the other things that sounds really interesting in your bio, actually, is it mentions that uh, your role as a world-class expert, has been confirmed by the Vatican ET policy. 
what is the Vatican ET policy? I didn't even know there was such a thing. And uh, what sort of role have you played in that? Well, uh, really, as far as we, we may say, since uh, the, the 60s, uh, different uh, Vatican exponents uh, um, had the opportunity to express themselves uh, in an extremely positive way towards the problem of uh, alien life. And so we have, uh, uh, for instance, uh, Jesuits uh, uh, su uh, such as uh, different uh, Jesuits writing articles uh, about uh, possibility of, uh, the possibility of uh, alien life in the universe. And even Father Balducci, for instance, uh, who was very close to Pope John uh, um, Paul II, was a, a sort of ufologist because he was also uh, a speaker in our congresses and he simply said that obviously we are being visited by extraterrestrial spaceships and this is not absolutely against the faith the, the, the catholic faith so you understand that this is uh, extremely interesting if we also consider the fact that uh, uh, according to uh, some protestant uh, environments uh, <laughs> well aliens may be related to demons no no absolutely catholics consider uh, uh, intelligent life of, in the universe as uh, a normal and uh, almost uh, uh, evident thing. Consider that, uh, for instance, the head of uh, Specola Vaticana, uh, which is the uh, astronomical observatory of the Vatican, operating not only in Italy, but also in Arizona, um, as you know, well, he said openly in uh, uh, Osservatore Romano, which is uh, the official uh, newspaper of uh, uh, the Vatican, that uh, uh, surely one day we will meet uh, advanced uh, uh, intelligent uh, beings in the universe. And uh, when this will happen, we have to consider them uh, subjects of right and our brothers in the universe. This is the official uh, position of the uh, Catholic uh, Church. Um, not only, even the present Pope... Uh, that is uh, Pope Francis, uh, in uh, one of his uh, recent uh, uh, declarations, says said that uh, if by chance one day a delegation of Martians will come to us and uh, they will ask to be baptized, well, he said, in this case, what will have to do the church? <laughs> in other words... <laughs> He yeah. did not give an answer, <laughs> but of course, it is a, 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 an excellent way to, to, to let people discuss about this subject, you understand? In, it, we have the impression that the Vatican is just preparing the general public and uh, Catholics to the perspective that uh, one day aliens uh, <laughs> and uh, humans will meet. Well, that's really interesting. But I mean, there has been some discussion about what sort of belief systems the aliens have from people who claim to be contactees or have been abducted or been 
in contact with them just because they were in the right place at the right time or maybe the wrong place at the right time. And there's no indication that the aliens have any religious belief system that is even close to ours. I think that one of the uh, answers that they gave when they were asked if they have any kind of a, a, a religion or a god is that they referred to the universe itself. Well, um, so, so why would we expect them to want to get baptized? I mean, you know, isn't this just putting our human vision of deities onto them? Well, uh, if we consider um, everything from the story of ufology, well, contactees uh, report contacts with uh, uh, human-like beings, uh, and they have a high form of religion. They um, have, um, they consider a, a sort of uh, uh, creator in the universe. Uh, they are uh, um, people who um, says that, for instance, war, violence uh, um, are obviously things they do not practice. And they say that we should uh, behave in a quite different way, in this sense. Uh, so, from a moral point of view, from a religious point of view, the contactee world has all this. In the case of abductees, uh, well, mm, this uh, aspect is not uh, focused, Frank. Frankly, even if uh, in certain cases also this uh, may appear um, if we have to consider certain cases. So it's hard to have uh, answers about this. But, uh, well, I should say that uh, if uh, we consider that uh, the creation of the universe is not over. It, there is a sort of continuous creation in the universe, in an expanding That's universe. This may be even a sort of religious concept. You know what? Let's get into more of this. E.T.'s religion, or how many E.T. races are there? More to come with Roberto, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. 
stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. I'm here with Scott Uceum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS. My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can you give us an example of somebody you help? Oh, can I ever? We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation. Call 800-486-8112. 800-486-8112. That's 800-486-8112. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Roberto Panate is joining us. By the way, his latest books, these are the ones that he did for Philip Mantle's Flying Disc Press, two volumes, UFO Contacts in Italy, and we focused on some of that. We'll get to more of it. Now, talking about ETs, and we have the abductions, which aren't so friendly, and then we have the other meetings, which are. If someone says, hey, I am Orthon from Alpha Centauri or Zeta Reticuli or whatever, why believe them? Why believe anything an advanced being would tell us, even if they have a really more impressive bag of tricks? Okay, they can abduct us, they can transport us through walls, through windows, and take us up into their spaceship or whatever it is. Why believe what they are telling us? And they're so concerned about how we handle ourselves here with tribal warfare and pollution and the environment. Why can't they do something about it? Well, I should say that probably we have to consider something uh, obvious. If aliens are here, probably they are here because uh, they, at a certain extent, use our planet in order to, to go there and there. And so our planet could be also a sort of stop in their voyages, of course. Okay, just wait a minute. Let me cover that quickly. Okay, so this is a way station, a stopover on the way from one star system to another? It could be. But um, you see, uh, they could even be um, people who lives here, after all. Because uh, it's possible that they have some kind of basis uh, not too many. It's sufficient that they may have three or four uh, bases here on Earth, for instance, in our oceans, in, in our oceans. No? But uh, what is interesting is that we are linked to the idea that they came from a place 
come here and then return to the place from where they started. It could also be that uh, they are simply here and they stay here. Like we live in the herd, they could live the herd too, in the herd too. You know, I want to mention this because it just came over the wires from the New York Times. All right? And I don't know if you followed the coverage of the New York Times about the naval and the Pentagon UFO study and the series of articles written by such authors as Ralph Blumenthal and, of course, Leslie Kane, who's been a friend of the show and has been on the show. I'm just going to read the headline and the subtitle. And we can talk about this. Obviously, you haven't seen the article. I can send you a link. No longer in shadows, Pentagon's UFO unit will make some findings public. And then the subtitle is, for over a decade, the program, now tucked inside the Office of Naval Intelligence, has discussed mysterious events in classified briefings. Now... This is opening up a wider stage of discussion, not just whether we're in touch with UFO beings now, but whether there's some kind of disclosure coming from the U.S. government. Yes, probably the fact is that after years and years of cover-up and top secret, now it's more and more difficult to cover the reality of the UFO problem. So now we are facing uh, disclosure. And uh, uh, you see what happened since, 19, uh, since uh, 2017 with uh, the, the famous uh, New York Times article in December. Okay? Now, I, um, I say that uh, since 2017, uh, when uh, we had the famous uh, uh, New York Times article in December, well, we are facing uh, a new um, phase in uh, UFO disclosure. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, Luis Elizondo, Tom Delonge, and all the story. Uh, well, we had them, our hosts, in Rome in 2018. And they uh, confirmed everything about uh, the... the uh, the, the, fil the UFO films, uh, the UFO filmed by the uh, United States Navy pilots, uh, you know the story. And uh, frankly, I mm, should add the fact that uh, after all, uh, we had since then the official position of the uh, United States Navy about uh, the existence of UFOs. And not only also the uh, uh, confirmation by the Pentagon. But now, you know, we, are, we have coronavirus, and so, well, I don't know how many people understood that this is a sort of admission that the UFO problem is much more important than we think. There is one more thing here we'll mention. We can go back to motivations from ET, and that is this one paragraph, and I know you haven't seen the article, I've sent you a link. So we're all learning about this for the first time. Public fascination with the topic of UFOs has drawn in President Trump, who told his son Donald Trump Jr. in a June interview that he knew very interesting things about Roswell. And they say, of course, as we know, 
a city in New Mexico that is central to speculation about the existence of UFOs. The president demurred when asked if he would declassify any information on Roswell. I'll have to think about that one, he said. Of course, you know, Trump says a lot of things and we don't want to get into the politics because we can get into some pretty wacky things. He promises things and he says things in the spur of the moment. And then all his aides do is they try to say, well, he didn't mean that. He was joking. He was just being, I don't know. What do you think? Yes, you know that UFOs and politics are strictly strictly linked. <laughs> you know that, uh, well, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton said that if they had elected her, uh, well, <laughs> the truth about UFOs would have come out. The same a lot of other uh, presidents uh, or, uh, in any case, candidates said this. So now we shall see what will happen, of course. Well, of course, if Trump is not reelected or if Trump is in danger of being defeated, which he appears to be now, hmm, maybe before the election he might disclose something because he doesn't care so much about security. But I wanted to revert back to what we were talking about before, before we got this story just posted on the New York Times as we record the show. And that is back once again. We talk to E.T., a higher being. Well, I believe anything they tell us, why assume it's anything more than some kind of agenda? Maybe they're doing some psychological studies. They want to see our reaction. They don't really care about telling us the truth. Yes, I think uh, only time will tell. (laughs) Well, that's an interesting point, though, Gene. Uh, we're all familiar with uh, ufologist Jacques Vallée, and he spoke about a control system for planet Earth. Um, I imagine, Roberto, that you're familiar with Vallée's hypothesis on that. What do you think about the idea that the aliens have some sort of a control system for planet Earth? It is a very interesting idea. And uh, it could be much grounded than we know. Uh, you see, we, we think we are completely free in what we do. But uh, maybe someone could uh, orient us. And so the, the idea of Valle could be much grounded than we think. We've got Roberto Panati coming for Several more segments with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. 
Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Survival food alert and a quick heads up. In an emergency situation, there may be a time you need to have an easy-to-transport, easy-to-conceal, almost perfect food to survive. You'd want a food that is so nutritionally dense that a couple of tablespoons per day is all you need to live on. And by that, I mean truly living well, staying smart, even strong for extended periods of time. So if you're looking for a standalone, super-dense, superfood, or you'd just like to protein up your own food supplies, check this out. This superfood has 58 times the bioavailable iron of spinach, chock full of B vitamins, twice the chlorophyll of wheatgrass, 25 times the antioxidant power of carrots. And the phenolic phytonutrient compounds? Well, 31 times more than blueberries, a whopping 700 times more than apples. Go to bluegreenbooster.com, bluegreenbooster.com. Get maximum nutrition with minimum weight and bulk. Bluegreenbooster.com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. If you have diabetes and you're on Medicare, Medicaid, or have private insurance, you may qualify for a new continuous glucose monitor. Managing your diabetes is crucial to your health. The new CGM can automatically and easily help you manage your diabetes more effectively. And by using a CGM, you can eliminate the one thing most people with diabetes dislike the most, finger sticks. Now you can automatically manage your diabetes and end the painful finger sticks. Solara Medical Supplies makes it simple for you to have a new CGM. We'll do all the insurance paperwork for you and deliver the newest in diabetic care technology right to your door. Take charge of your diabetes today with the help of a new continuous glucose monitor. Call now to learn more. 800-547-5331. 800-547-5331. That's 800-547-5331. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech Carbine Upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Roberto Panati is joining us, and he's author of these a series of two books, UFO Contacts in Italy, Volume 1 and 2 for Flying Disc Press. Also, he'll be staying on for the After the Paracast podcast because we are just scratching the surface here. Roberto has so much to tell us. And what I was talking about in the previous segment, of course, was that E.T. has some kind of agenda that we don't understand. And if that is E.T., maybe we shouldn't pay attention to what they're saying but see what their intent really is. Of course, as you know, there's some religions, Roberto, where they think E.T. or whatever UFOs are, they are demonic. Have you ever looked into that possibility? Well, frankly, I do not agree about these stories. You see, if we consider that, well, what we call the ancient astronaut uh, uh, theory, Okay, we, may, we can accept the idea that uh, the Earth may have been visited in the past uh, several times and that uh, probably in certain occasions uh, extraterrestrial uh, astronauts may have been considered gods. So Eric von Däniken's idea is absolutely mm, grounded. Uh, this may have some kind of uh, effects also on uh, some religious uh, uh, ideas. For instance, uh, what are angels? You see, angels are normally considered as, as spirits, but it's not so easy. If we consider what uh, the Catholic uh, uh, Church says about angels, there are many kinds of angels in the uh, Catholic concept. Uh, they are um, extremely spiritual, but they are, can be also extremely material. Consider that, for instance, St. Paul says that we may host angels unawares because they are not too different from us, they, he said. So, are angels extraterrestrials consider that the Holy Bible says that fallen angels mated with earth women in the past. So if this happened, this seems that from a, a, a biological point of view, well, surely they are not too spiritual after all. And uh, someone may consider all this uh, from a sort of religious point of view, as uh, angels or demons. But uh, I don't know if it is the most correct way to do. What we should do is just to consider religion, not as uh, our religion, but as the study of religions. And a lot of different religions say the same thing. Consider, for instance, that uh, the Bible... Uh, and uh, the angels of the Bibles uh, with their flying chariots uh, are the same thing we may find in uh, the Hindu books about Vimanas, in which devas 
are extraterrestrial beings coming to Earth. And they have the same uh, appearances of angels, of the angels of the Bible. Oh, yeah. I think the Bible has been called uh, the greatest ufology book of all time by more than one author. Uh, some fabulous examples in there of what would seem to be technology that is far ahead of the time not just flying chariots but i mean even things like uh you know giant golden robots and submarines with lights and it's just amazing what's in there so it seems like these aliens have been around for a long time what do you think? Do you think that they originated here, like some people believe, and then left? And they're really us that has gone out into, into the cosmos, and once in a while they visit us again, like from the lost uh, continent of Atlantis? Or do you think they actually evolved on a whole other planet? Well, you know the story. From a mythological point of view, Atlantis was the first colony of celestial gods. So, we should consider the celestial gods as aliens, after all. And in any case, uh, I, what I think is that we cannot exclude the possibility that even uh, man may be the product of a sort of biological intervention by aliens in, the, in a remote past, after all. You see, creationism, uh, obviously, should not be accepted uh, as a fate uh, aspect. But uh, even uh, Darwinism is uh, surely wrong because we have no missing link, absolutely, between apes and men. So it could be acceptable, uh, the idea that someone may have been at a sort of intervention in the evolution of uh, earth primates, and that even Homo sapiens may have been the result of this intervention. Well, then again, that if E.T. is responsible so much with this, that would certainly force them to watch over us over the centuries, but then might dictate how they react to us. See what they did, but also you wonder then if they seated us, hey, to what degree do they control us and what we do and how things turn out for us? Do we have any independence at all? Well, after all, we should consider that uh, at the end we are free to do what we like. But well, how do we know that? How do we know that? Uh, well, this kind of control may exist, of course. We may be oriented, surely. But don't forget that, uh, uh, finally, it's we who decide to do or not to do certain things. Huh? Well, I certainly hope so. I wouldn't want to know that some extraterrestrial force is here pulling the strings and that wherever happens to us, and right now the situation is not very good. As we've all read, and certainly you in Italy had a lot of problems with the pandemic, and here it's a heck of a lot worse in the U.S., as you know, and that's where we get back into politics again. But I think here we're, I would hate to think that this is all part of some grand scheme by E.T. to see how we develop 
as an intelligent species, I would hope that if they seeded us or genetically modified us, they're watching to see what happened, but they're not trying to exert too much of a strong hand in our development. Then again, if you look at the way things are going, you would maybe would hope that someone would come down here, as some people hope, whether it's a god or whatever, and say, okay, folks, I'm here now, we are here now to straighten things out because you have made a mess. Then again, they could also just get rid of us. Roberto Panati joining us. We've got a lot more to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Two hurricanes are headed for the United States, one in Texas and one in Hawaii. Preparations are underway in the Lone Star State as Hurricane Hannah heads towards the coast. Dangerous storm surges are now pounding the coastline. Up to a foot of rainfall can be expected from the Category 1 storm. In the Pacific, the Hawaiian Islands are being threatened by Hurricane Douglas. It's expected to make landfall sometime early Sunday morning on the island of Maui. Forecasters say it's either going to be a Category 1 hurricane or possibly a tropical storm. Governor David Ige. It is a powerful storm uh, that is um, forecasted to uh, affect the islands significantly. Hurricane Douglas was initially classified as a Category 3 hurricane. This is USA Radio News. An iconic TV host has passed away. USA Radio's John Hunt has the story. We have no idea where we're going, who we are, where we've been. Regis, one of us. Regis Philbin, a legendary television host best known for the morning show Live with Regis and Kathy Lee and the widely popular game show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, has died. He was 88. His family said, we are grateful for the time we got to spend with him for his warmth, his legendary sense of humor, and his singular ability to make every day into something worth talking about. And on Instagram, Kelly Ripa, Regis's longtime daytime co-host, responded by saying, we are beyond saddened to learn about the loss of Regis Philbin. We send our deepest love and condolences to his family and hope they can find some comfort knowing he left the world a better place. Philbin held the Guinness World Record for most hours on camera on U.S. television with more than 16,700 hours over the course of his career. For USA Radio News, I'm John Hunt. You're listening to USA Radio News. 
Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Roberto, with all the contacts you've investigated, do you think, again, if ET is not controlling us, maybe it's about time they do? Well, you see, I wonder if really we are controlled by aliens more than we think, I think we should consider also a very important element. Up to this moment, nobody invaded us, nobody transformed us into slaves, nobody controlled us in a particularly in a particular negative way. In other words, if we, if we should have to to make some considerations, uh, we should consider that uh, aliens uh, are not hostile in our, uh, as far as we are concerned. So the, the question is, what have we to fear really from aliens if this is the situation? Uh, frankly, I think that we should be more, uh, we should have more to, to see if uh, a danger can come from our uh, politicians and not from aliens. <laughs> yeah, I think you've got that right. <laughs> uh, so let's return now uh, to some of the best sightings that you've investigated through the National UFO Center in Italy. Well, uh, one of the best UFO cases we have uh, is uh, a 1954 event in Tuscany in which a, a woman, a peasant, in the broad daylight met uh, two uh, small um, occupants of uh, a, a very strange craft, uh, a UFO. And, uh, well, they touched her. They tried to speak with her. And uh, uh, they were very tiny. Um, they, they seemed uh, uh, some miniature men, but they were absolutely um, very similar to us. And uh, only then uh, she um, began to be scared, and so she left. 
Well, uh, she called all the neighbors to, 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 to reach the spot. And they found the traces of the, of the object since uh, landing it had laid, left traces. Then we had uh, a witness saying he saw um, that he saw uh, who said that he saw the object landing. Another witness uh, who said that he saw the object uh, taking off, and even two boys from the opposite hill uh, who said that he had seen this woman speaking with two other boys because <laughs> the 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 two aliens, as I told you, uh, were rather tiny. Okay, so we have uh, a, a, an almost perfect case, and uh, this impressed very much uh, the Italian media. Uh, the Italian uh, um, uh, military came on the spot. Uh, they were involved in the investigation. And they could not say anything against uh, this case, uh, which is simply filed as one of the best Italian cases. I investigated again the case since it happened in 1954, and at that time I was 10, you understand. Uh, many years later, and uh, the, this woman, Rosa Lotti, um, confirmed everything in uh, every detail uh, and even giving me uh, interesting uh, uh, specifications. So this is really a, a very interesting event uh, since they were two occupants in a very little object landing in Tuscany uh, in broad daylight and, as I told you, seen by a lot of people. These objects seem to usually be fairly small. In other words, they don't hold a lot of passengers, mm -hmm. maybe just a handful, you yeah. know, it's four, four or five maybe at the most. So one would think that, well, they're probably not coming all the way from another star system in that craft. They're pro that craft is probably something more like a shuttlecraft that they get here in and from some mothership somewhere. Have you had any mothership sightings there in Italy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, consider that uh, uh, elongated objects, uh, apart from the, really from the beginning, don't forget that uh, the Mestre and Venice sighting in 1936 was uh, the sighting of uh, a, motherships with, uh, a mothership with two uh, UFOs. But uh, consider that in 1954, we had uh, a lot of uh, um, uh, sightings with uh, crafts of that kind, uh, uh, cigar-shaped objects, uh, motherships in other words. And uh, this lasted uh, at least up to the 60s and 70s. Later, it was uh, harder to find uh, in uh, the cases we have uh, other presences of motherships. But you know that later something changed. For instance, the Phoenix Lights, uh, well, they had to do with uh, a tremendous object, very, very big, 
so you are right when uh, you say that uh, surely uh, UFOs have many dimensions, m m different functions, uh, and so on. So it sounds to me uh, like you are yourself uh, no longer skeptical about the reality of alien visitation. That doesn't mean that you believe every case, but you do believe it's a real thing that's happening, right? Well, first of all, I have to tell you that uh, presently uh, only the 20-25% of the cases we investigated are really grounded cases with the details uh, uh, such uh, to be able to say that really the event uh, occurred and uh, is uh, grounded. So most of uh, the sightings can be uh, simply avoided. But even if, if you exclude three quarters of the cases, uh, we have uh, cases with common laws, common uh, events, uh, with, with uh, common patterns, in other words. And uh, this is important because in this you may find uh, really um, a sort of uh, strategy from uh, this uh, phenomenon, you understand? So, um, we well, can. That's interesting. Let, let's elaborate on that. What kind of strategy do you think that we're looking at here? Well, uh, first of all, surely is a sort of monitoring or controlling our activities. And uh, don't forget, for instance, that Robert Hastings produced a very good report, UFOs and Nukes, confirming that UFOs, well, they like <laughs> to be all over our military bases and particularly the atomic uh, sizes. Ladies and, and gentlemen, before we go on, we have another segment to spend, of course, with Roberto. We'll mention that Robert Hastings had been on the Paracast a couple of times to talk about his book, UFOs and Nukes. With Roberto and Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamel Bookaboo from TeamGaday.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to TeamGaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's TeamGaday.com with Longevity. TeamGaday.com. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware, not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients, American-made, with American ingredients, employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value, free, by using code GCN at checkout. Right now, click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one-liter bottle of high-quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30-count bottle of Immune Booster valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout. And the bonus is yours, free, 2020safe.net. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now, 1-800-900-8407. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now, 1-800-900-8407. That's 1-800-900-8407. 1-800-900-8407. Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, Roberto, it's important to point out here when you mention Hastings' book that there have been indications over the years that UFOs have an interest in nuclear power plants and installations both, correct? Absolutely. Now, it is it is really, really so. Consider that uh, this uh, is not limited to the United States or to Russia, but, uh, for instance, uh, it occurred also in the Pacific, 
in France because uh, the, the French made some atomic tests in the Pacific and these atomic test, tests had also the presence of UFOs over them. We had in Italy different uh, engineers confirming this. So atomic bombs are uh, interesting for UFOs, but they are interesting in the negative sense because uh, probably you should consider that if these guys are here, surely they do not like that we may destroy our planet with atomic bombs. I want to ask you about that because it occurs so often. Unless they have a vested interest in what goes on here. As you say, it might be a way station. Maybe they were involved in genetic engineering. Why should they care what we do to ourselves? Well, in any case, if they are here... I, I think that they do not like to be disturbed by negative activities of men. I think that uh, we are considering us too important in the sense that you should not consider that people who uh, are able to travel between the stars are so advanced that uh, obviously they should consider us only as primitive beings. Well, maybe. Then, then again, maybe they just happen to stumble upon some sort of technology that, you know, we haven't figured out yet. And they're really not that much more evolved than we are. I mean, maybe we're even more evolved, but, but we don't know it. They've just got these craft that can do all of these fantastic maneuvers and they can outrun us. And we don't really know anything else about them. Well, the problem is, uh, are we morally advanced or not? Because, uh, you see, we could even be not to, involve, not to evolve from uh, the standpoint of technology. I agree. But our way of behaving surely is not too positive. Uh, war, violence, uh, oppression, and so on, are normally our reactions. So we are, are really barbarians for them. And we should consider this. In this sense, we are surely inferior. And you see, that raises a bigger question again, which is what I've always wondered about, which is, okay, E.T. would rightly, I guess, if they're decent beings, be concerned about the way we behave here about the nuclear weapons, about the threats of war. But one would think they could have been a little more proactive. Think about the coronavirus. Couldn't they have fed to us some kind of cure so it wouldn't have reached a point where we have 145,000 people in the U.S. and what, half a million people around the world have died from it? Millions of people have been infected. In fact, the scientists are saying here in the U.S., for example, that we only know about maybe a tenth of the number of positive cases because people have it. They don't have symptoms. They have minor symptoms. They maybe assume it's a sniffle or it's a flu or something. We don't know how many people have really been infected. If it's 4 million, maybe it's 40 or 50 million. We don't know. I still think if ET cares about our nuclear weapons, why can't they also care about a vaccine or a pill or something? Be like Dr. McCoy in Star Trek for the Voyage Home, where a woman's about to receive kidney dialysis. 
He gives her a pill and says, take one of these and call me in the morning if you have any more problems. And she overcomes it. Think of all the pain that humans are suffering. And if they care about what we do to our planet, they should start caring. Uh, well, consider in any case uh, that uh, uh, our present crisis, uh, I mean the coronavirus uh, problem, is not a natural consequence. This is a bacteriological weapon. It's useless to say the opposite. This is a bacteriological weapon. And, uh, of course, the problem is why it happened, how it happened, and so on. But the problem is uh, that if things are in this sense, uh, we, uh, of course, are the cause of all this. And I don't know if uh, uh, it is uh, our Santa Claus uh, uh, going to help us in this sense. Of course, we are facing um, the effects of something we created. So I think that we should solve all this problem by ourselves. Okay, well, that assumes, of course, that it's something that was artificially created as opposed to something that even then by our behavior was a result of a natural infection from bats. Either way, yeah, I could say that in some sense we did that, but we could just as well destroy ourselves with nuclear weapons. So whether it's a biological cause or nuclear catastrophe... Are they going to leave us to ourselves? I don't know what motivations an alien species is going to have anyway. We're just speculating here. We're trying to look at what's going on and find an answer with no guarantee that our answers are really anything related to what's really going on. In the meantime, obviously, we've got a lot of stories to talk about, and we'll get into more of them on after the Paracast in a few minutes, Roberto. But from where you are now, where do you take it here? Obviously, you are like me of an age where one might retire, but obviously you're continuing to work. Where do you expect to go with your research over the next few years? Well, uh, recently we tried to move towards the United Nations. All this was... uh, underlined in uh, 2013 in uh, the citizens' hearing on disclosure in Washington, D.C. I represented uh, Italy in that occasion, but there were other nine countries represented. And then the conclusion was that, after all, the United Nations uh, should have to be involved in UFOs. Nothing happened. More recently, China seemed to move in this direction and in fact I was asked to cooperate in this sense and we gave the necessary support in this sense but uh, later the commercial war between the USA and China well obviously (laughs) stopped this process now coronavirus (laughs) made the rest Tell our listeners if they want to know more about what you do. Is there a website in English that they can check out to check more of what you're doing? 
uh, we created a group of more than 30 um, representatives of different uh, nations. This uh, group was uh, called the World Coalition for Extraterrestrial Contact. And the idea is uh, to move uh, towards the United Nations in order to to have a sort of recognition of uh, uh, the importance of the UFO phenomenon. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. Look for two Paracast fan clubs, communities, or whatever they're called over on Facebook. And also we have special branded merchandise that you can find if you go to the Paracast.shop. Four different logos, all sorts of stuff like shirts and throw pillows and everything like that. We have the Paracast Plus. If you go to, to the Paracast.plus, just check out the After the Paracast podcast. Roberto's going to be on that. Also, the version of this show free of the network ads, which a lot of people have asked us about. For more information and special prices, at least during the pandemic and the slowdowns, go to the Paracast.plus, the Paracast.plus. This is just part one, Roberto. Thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Okay. Thank you for uh, this conversation. It was very stimulating, I think. Yeah? Thank you so much. Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.